We are in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 17. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. This is one of my favorite characters in the Bible, Elijah. Elijah is a, a mighty prophet of God, and we're going to uh, talk a little bit about him, and in particular, what his name means. How many knows that your name has meaning? Your name is not just what your mom gave you, but how you have lived your life. Your name says what your character is. You see, the Bible tells us that it is great to have a good name. Amen? Amen. Uh, and so we want to talk a little bit about Elijah, about his name, and about how God uh, can sustain us in turbulent times. So we're going to read this together. We're going to talk about my God is Jehovah. My God is Jehovah. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank of the brook. As we look at this scripture, I think it's important for us to understand the times that Elijah lived in. It was a very crucial time in the history of Israel. It was also a very turbulent and bad time in the history of Israel. Things were not going well. There was an evil king named Ahab who sat upon the throne and the Bible tells us that this king did more to anger God than any king before him. I don't know if you've read your Bible to look at the kings, but that is saying something. Because many of those kings were very evil and instituted all kinds of idol worship and all kinds of things. But Ahab had the notoriety upon his name, hear me, that he was the worst of the worst. And times were the worst of the worst in the time uh, of Elijah. It was a crucial time. And it appeared, it did not happen, but it appeared that the worship of the true and the living God was about to be eliminated and to be replaced by the worship of Baal. Now, when, when you look at this, the worship of Baal was very evil. Baal was considered the fertility god, the rain and vegetation god. And when people worshipped him, it included cult prostitution and child sacrifice. It was the most evil of all the religions that we see spelled out in the Bible. And it appeared that almost all of Israel had turned to worship Baal. 
All but 7,000 uh, had bowed their knee to Baal, but they were so quiet and hiding out in a cave that Elijah did not even know that they existed. You, you see, these were turbulent and terrible and trying times uh, for Israel. It, it is in these crucial times that God always has someone who will take a stand for him. Oh, I'm so thankful that God always leaves a remnant of people who will worship him, who will be true to him, who will love him, who will honor him, who will obey him. And I'm telling you, folks, we have a decision to make. We live in some turbulent and some time and some terrible times. But will we be a church and will we be a, a people who will take a stand for God, who will stand up for what is right, who will believe in God, who will trust Him, and who will put God first in our lives? Will we be that church? Will we be that people? As I look at this, it's, I love the way God does things. Because it seems when times are at their worst that God shows up. And that God, he doesn't take a back seat. And he doesn't just get out of the way and let things happen. Oh, he'll let it get pretty bad. But then God steps in and he begins to flex his muscles. And he begins to uh, grab a hold of the, of the seasons that are happening. And he begins to take control through a people or through a, even a person who will trust in him. That was Elijah in his day. The rest of those who trusted in God were hiding out. You see, Baal and God were at odds. Who is the king of the sky? The Lord is. Who is the king of the weather? The Lord is. But the people were worshiping Baal, and they believed that if they would serve Baal, that they would have plenty of crops. That the rain would fall. That the dew would come. But that is not what they're about to experience. You see, in turbulent times, God always shows up. And God always helps in time of need. Oh, I'm so thankful that God shows up and he flexes his muscle. Toby Mack, one of the, uh, the great singers of our day, uh, wrote a song and it simply says, Help is on the I'm so glad that help is on the way. It says, I've seen my share of troubles, but the Lord ain't failed me yet. How many can testify to that this morning? I've seen my share of troubles, but the Lord has not failed me yet. I've seen my times of uh, persecution, but God has always taken care of me. And Lord, I'm hanging on to your promises. And it simply says this, y'all, he's rolling up his sleeves again. I love that. How many knows when you're fixing to do something? That's good English, isn't it? Sometimes you just got to roll up your sleeves. Because it's about to get dirty. It's about to, something's about to happen. You see, if this big old boy right here roll up his sleeves and come at me, I know I need to run. Right? But God, in his infinite power, begins to roll and he says, if you're going to trust in Baal, I'll let you trust in him. And I will stop the dew and the rain from coming at the worst. 
You see, God begins to roll up his sleeves. And I love how Elijah steps on the scene, seemingly out of nowhere. And he doesn't just come and meekly say, okay, it's, it's not going to rain. No, he boldly stands before the king. And he stood face to face with the king of the land. And he told him, at my word, there will be no rain nor no dew that will come upon the earth. Who was this Elijah? This prophet of God. Who was this Ahab? This evil king. Matthew Henry says, never was there such a king so bold to sin as Ahab. But never was there a prophet so bold to reprove and rebuke and threaten as Elijah. There's no information about Elijah. It doesn't tell us about his father, his mother, his tribe, or his upbringing. And I love that. Because what that tells me is that God can use a nobody to tell everybody about somebody who will save them and keep them and deliver them and set them free. Oh, let's keep preaching right there. Uh, Pastor Ryan, because uh, I, I was a nobody. Nobody knew about my name. Nobody knew who I was. Nobody thought that I would ever be anything. I was just, can I tell you, I was just a little crippled boy when I was born. But God had a plan and God had a design and God had a call upon my life. And God can take a nobody and do something with God can use a nobody. James 5, 17, 18 makes this very clear. It says that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. What's that saying? He was like us. He was a normal, everyday man. But hear this. But he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And then he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Elijah was a man, not a superman, not a super prophet. He was a man like us. Uh, and I love this because, again, it tells us that God can use an everyday person, an everyday man or woman, an everyday someone who is like go to Israel, you'll see a statue of Elijah there on the mountain where he called fire down. But he was an everyday man. But he was a willing man and a praying man and a man who believed that God would move and do what he said he would do. How many believe that God will do what he says he'll do? Uh, God is, uh, is on the throne. There's, there's no doubt about who God is. That's why I love the name Elijah. Elijah means my God is Jehovah. Oh, what a name. And his very name was an affront to the culture that Ahab was trying to bring to pass. He was an affront to the worship of Baal because Baal thought, the people thought Baal was the god of fertility, the god of the rain. But God uh, stopped all of that. God annihilated the worship of Baal because there was no 
three and a half years, no rain. Now, since I've been gone, it don't look like it's rained much. This morning, there was a little shower. How many heard that? We're glad you're back. <laughs> I didn't bring the rain with me, but I'll take credit for it in one What does your name mean? And I'm not talking about your man-given name. I'm talking about your God-given name. Who you really are. The character and the actions that you uh, display. They tell what God is all about as you will allow them to. And they say... My God is Jehovah. Did you say that with me? My God is Jehovah. You see, Jehovah is the national name for God. It means the self-existent or eternal one. It is the proper name of the supreme God. I'm about to shout it here. He is the supreme God. There is no God like Jehovah. situation, Israel had brought the disfavor, the judgment of God. As I look at this, it makes me quake. What about this nation? What if we don't change our ways? But I want to tell you, there's still hope in God. And if God's people will humble themselves and pray and see his face, and if they will turn from their wicked ways, then God has declared that he will hear and that he will change things and he will heal our land. You see, the dry parts land was more than a earthly thing. It was symbolic of their spiritual situation. If God's people will humble themselves and pray and seek God's face, things begin to change in the spirit world, in the spirit realm. And God begins to renew and God begins to speak. You see, the Holy Spirit is the rain from heaven. It's the wind. It's the, it's the nature of heaven. And as it begins to move, it begins to replenish us spiritually. Who was this Elijah? The messenger of God's judgment. Listen to what he said. As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand. Elijah was not... Centering on his own strength, Elijah was centering upon the Lord God of Israel. And he knew that the only way that he could stand before the most evil and most wicked king was that he was not just in the presence of Ahab, but he was signifying by saying the Lord God who lives, that I don't worry about you Ahab because I am standing and I There. And can you imagine Ahab? Look at the boldness of this man. 
Who does he think he is? He's about to discover. And today, we can say that we stand in the presence of the living God. Yes, amen. And that in his presence, nothing is impossible. Hear me, no situation is impossible. No divergent culture, no sickness, no disease, no virus, no pandemic, no political or economic situation. Nothing is greater than our God. My God is Jehovah. He is God. He sits on the throne and he reigns supreme. He's God. Does your neighbor say, my God is Jehovah? My God is Jehovah. We stand before a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can yes. ask or imagine. There is nothing impossible with our God. Nothing impossible with him. Thank you, Lord. So look at this Elijah. Elijah prophesied and there was no rain for a long time. We think well, we are in a drought right now. But there was three and a half years. And the effects of a drought after a long enough time. Here's what begins to happen. The streams begin to dry up. The food begins to diminish. And the supplies begin to uh, go away. And people literally begin to starve to death. It was an extremely turbulent time. And what did God tell Elijah to do? Go hide by the brook Cherith. Go hide there. Now, when I read this the first time, I'm like, God, this powerful man of God, and you tell him to go hide? Why don't you just sustain him in front of everybody? You see, God knows what he's doing. And here, Elijah is protected from Ahab and protected from the people who believe that because he spoke the word that the drought came. But I Sometimes we need to get alone with God. And can I tell you that as a pastor, I know when I haven't been alone with God. Because there's not the anointing flowing like it ought to be flowing. And can I tell you, it's not just the pastor. You can tell. The singers and the worship team, you can tell when they have not been in prayer. You can tell when they have not been alone with God because the anointing is not flowing like it ought to. I want you to know that there's sometimes that the best thing that you can do is get alone with God and begin to soak in the river of life that he brings to you. Begin to take in that bread of life that he is giving to you through his word. Become strengthened. Because he had a long time to wait. Elijah was a man just like us. Yet God used him mightily. What was God doing? God was teaching this man of God. He was training him. He was developing him. And here's the problem with many of us in this microwave world. Is that we don't want to go through the process. But it is the process that brings the power. That's so good. I'm going to say it again. We don't want to go through the process, but it is the process that God takes us through that brings the power. You see, God sometimes is going to take you through a process, and you ain't going to like it. And it's going to be hard, 
And it's going to feel like everything in your life done dried up. Elijah had a walk of faith. It learned how to let God provide for him. We can learn something from Elijah in this world. It's the United States of America that says we have pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and that we have made a way. No, it is God's blessing and God's favor that has made a way for us. God was supernaturally restoring and resourcing Elijah without the intervention of any human being. Simply ravens, an unlikely and unclean bird, made Elijah be able to survive. This is something I've had to learn through almost 12 years now of pastoring. That sometimes God don't provide like you think he's going to provide. He does it differently. He always provides, but he does it different ways sometimes. You know, many times we look at a few number of people and we wonder, how can God supply? How can God make a way? Well, I will just tell you that somehow a small group of people bought a piece of property uh, out on a, a 124 Dry Ridge property. And then somehow we built a pavilion with no cost and no borrowing money. I want you to know that God is able to supply whenever he Sometimes it does it differently. I'm reminded of a time when God found somebody up in Indiana. I still don't, I don't remember the name now. And they began to supply monthly. This might sound like a lot, but it sure meant the need at the time. And every month, at the first of the month, $1,000 from an unknown, unknown source. Boom. Boom. Faithful. The raven showed up. The brook didn't run dry. Whenever you face a situation you don't understand how God's going to do it, don't look at how he has done it. Look at the he can do it no matter what. And he can use different people and different situations. An unlikely bird, an unclean bird brought food to Elijah. The problem is, is we have begun to trust the provision more than the provider. That's what right now. Many times, oh, I got a little bit of money stashed to the side. I'm going to make it through this drought. I, I, got, I got some food in the pantry. I'm, I'm going to make it through this time of, of drought. What are we trusting in? We're not trusting in God. We're trusting in the provision. But we must learn to trust the provider. And he makes a way when there seems to be none. He's God on the throne. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. Look at this. Well, I want to show, share three things with you. This walk of faith that Elijah took part in. All along, he's growing in faith. Amen. And I want to show you some principles here. In order to walk by faith, number one, you must know the word of God. God said, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook chair. It might not have made any sense to Elijah, but he knew the word of God. My friends, do we know the word of God? What is God telling us? How is he telling us to do it? We must know the word of God. Number two, we must believe that God is a step ahead of us. I love that about God. You see, I might get surprised by 
the economic situation. Tomorrow morning we could wake up and the economy has gone totally flat. But I promise you this, it would not have been a surprise to God if that happens. I want you to know that God is always a step ahead of you. And God told Elijah, you go to the brook. There is a brook there. You get to it. And I have already commanded the ravens to come and to bring you some food. God was ahead of the game. Elijah was like, what am I going to do with the brook? sit back and take it easy and watch God provide. Number three. Did Elijah say, well, let me think about that, God. I'm not sure that's a great plan. I don't think I like that. I can go to the Jordan instead of the Brook Cherith. That's where all those brooks feed into and it'll be a, a longer that's not what Elijah did. The scripture said that he got up and he got to moving and he headed to the brook chair. Oh, my friends, if you want to walk the walk of faith, it takes action. You must get up and follow what God has called you to do. Yes. Know the word of God. Understand that God is one step ahead of you at all times. Look at your neighbor and say, get moving. You gotta get moving. You gotta you gotta do what God's called you to do. You gotta take action.